0: In June of 2004, I was living in Silver Lake, California for the summer. Kingston was the furthest place from my mind as I was in Hollyweird, trying to make it in the world of comedy and performance. In fact, it wouldn't be until Greg and I started fully and completely before I gave The Hip's ninth studio record a proper listening session. My immediate reaction was that this album wasn't for me. I was out of the loop and therefore I missed out on the zeitgeist of in-between evolution. Over the years since then though, this record has been a place I find myself visiting when I want to experience a version of the Tragically Hip that I don't know every nook and cranny of. An album by your favorite band that you didn't give its due when it came out is a wonderful place to explore. The lyrical stalactites and musical stalagmites make spelunking this album a very pleasurable experience for me now, from the soft and pensive if New Orleans is beat to the rock and energy of the sing-along "Summer's Killing Us." I really fucked things up by not checking out this tour. Who knows? Maybe I could have even seen them at a smaller venue in LA at the time. This is something I've never looked up because, at this point, it would be soul-crushing to discover what I had missed out on. In that regard. I relate to our show's two protagonists, Pete and Tim. Their mantra over the past several episodes has been a regretful, why didn't we see this band live? I guess one of the things we've learned is that they didn't have the knowledge of who the hip were. But my excuse, well, it's pitiful. I'm glad to have experienced their moment of discovery though. It's a nice feeling knowing we're building something real with Pete and Tim. How did they feel about in-between evolution? I won't spoil it here, you're this close. It's getting hip to the hip.
1: Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip.
0: welcome back guys how are you doing this week
2: fantastic couldn't be better
3: yeah life couldn't be better pretty good pretty good excited to be back and so uh, it's
0: my birthday it's july holy shit today's your birthday holy
3: shit wow
0: july 24th
3: man yeah
2: happy birthday man
3: thanks i'm gonna blame the time change on me for getting
0: no, it's July. Tw- it's July twenty-four. <laughs> Get it? Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a happy um, birthday,
2: man! Quantos años?
0: Oh, tienes. Awesome. What's the last part mean?
2: Uh, how tienes. old are you? How many? Oh. How many years do you have? Yeah. Is oh. the literal translation? Wow. Countless.
0: I mean, geez. forty-nine, really? baby, forty-nine.
2: Oh. <laughs> Knock, knock, knocking on fifty years. Let's do
0: this. <laughs> you
3: know when we when we entered our forties, we were like, forties are gonna be awesome. This is the decade, and we got to our fifties. We're like, maybe fifties will be awesome.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all awesome. It's all awesome.
2: Did you ever see the movie City Slickers?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Years yeah. ago.
2: There's a great the great monologue by Billy Crystal being that he's like, your twenties are a blur. Your thirties. You you get make a little money, raise a wife, have a couple kids, buy a house. Your forties, you wake up one day and you think to yourself, What happened to my thirties? And then he goes, he goes on to every decade, and then it's he's funny. like, Your eighties, you end up like you, you 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 eat lunch, you eat breakfast at uh, or whatever, you eat dinner at five, lunch at ten, breakfast the night before. Just <laughs> like, dinner. <laughs> dinner's at
3: four. Yeah, just, Dinner's at four. They're, for, they're
0: taking all Tim's happy hour seats.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: all the octogenarians.
3: My my father's in a retirement home, and when I talk to him, he says they're they're coming for me for dinner earlier every day. It's three <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> He's coming for dinner. I'm like, dude, it's call a happy hour. hour. Fuck
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> so in two thousand and four, we got the ninth studio record. By the hip uh, in between evolution this is uh you know like clockwork every two years we've got a record from this band you know and they were still touring their brains out i think it's a, a staggering feat you know that a band with their original lineup can put out a record every two years guided by voices or bands like that notwithstanding those songwriters are you know bob puller it's just so prolific it's it's unreal in terms of band work, bands that that tour extensively, uh, I don't know of many other bands that have had this kind of halcyon, you know, run. As we always do, I want to find out, you know, environmentally what you thought of the record, where you listened to it, where you first heard it, you know, what you what your overall general thoughts are on on this uh, ninth record produced by Adam Casper. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think. I think the name is is very fitting in between evolution cuz I feel like this record is a bit in between. Um and I say that you know you know you see the when you're in the you're, you're in elementary school you see the, the the monkey going you know to like cro-magnon man and then like getting up through the ages to get to the like modern day man, modern day human. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like this record is, is maybe not any of those, but something like in between that we sort of haven't seen before. You know, it's certainly an evolved version of the hip, but it's, I can't really attribute it to anything they've ever done before or anything, you know, I think they will do. It's very different in a lot of ways.
0: Where do you listen to this one?
2: Um, I listen to it everywhere. I listened to it uh, out and about. listened to it in, uh, in my on my office you know working. Uh, probably best place was in the car you know um, yeah. the car really pff, this record was I feel like made for driving you know, like a lot of their records um, you know so so I would say if I had to pick any environment, definitely my, my car. I mean I don't know if it's everybody's car. I have a bit of a bias, given the you know the got a pretty pretty solid solid sound system in my car, like a premium. But uh but yeah, I, I enjoyed it in the car.
3: <laughs> we we need a, a soundbite that's like that's like premium sound <clears throat> system. <laughs>
2: yeah. We can drop
3: that in <laughs> your post you. Yeah. Well I, I you know, I'll disagree with Pete. I uh, I to me this felt more hip. Right out the gates, and um, you know, I think Pete and I differed a little bit on the last album, and I'm and I'm really liking our, you know, compare and contrasts. Um, his, I'll just quickly add, Pete's haircut's throwing me off a little bit today, but I, I, I can deal. I can deal. But anyways, uh, <laughs> no, it looks good. Um, I thought in Violet Light, the last album, what we reviewed was. A little bit of a departure and super polished and you know made for like, I don't know, an award stage or something. Maybe I have the Oscars on the mind. But I thought in between evolution, I I looked at the title, wondering if that meant they were coming back to their own production type style sound recording. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't really I didn't really understand the title for this one because it felt more like a hip album to me um the producer you know i looked up to see who did this one adam casper he did all kinds of bands in seattle but honey nirvana he had the foo fighters he worked with rem i don't know if it was all in seattle but soundgarden he even did um some work with cat power who amy and i adore one of our favorite singer-songwriters just you know you worked with amazing musicians and all these musicians I just listed maybe except for kind of Aerosmith I'm not exactly a fan of but you know these these are bands maybe Aerosmith who wear their hearts on their sleeve and really are just going for it and almost like uh achieving a status where they have a following and they have their shit down and they can kind of do what they want, you know, and I felt like this album went back to the band a little bit more doing what they want. So I was pretty excited, pretty excited by it.
0: Can you describe that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean by like what they want?
3: Well, the, the last album I thought was like overproduced. I thought it was, um, I thought it was too scripted. You know, I thought it was too like, ha, here we go back to, food metaphors it's like showing up at a restaurant with a preset menu that's what i felt the last album was and i felt like this one was a little bit more carefree it was a little bit more back to experimental the the lyrics the themes behind all the songs were in certain ways like what i've experienced from other albums past themes um with variation variety um this I don't know, this, this felt more hip to me. This just felt more like the first handful of albums that um, got me excited about where the band was going. So in that regard, it's like, yeah, fuck. Let's do this every two years. We're going on 10 years. Or this was the ninth album, right? So it's over 10 yeah. years. And that, that, to me, as Pete knows, as someone who has recorded, that is such a heroic work with touring too it's like yeah with touring too as much as these guys toured i mean it's remarkable that they're all still digging each other so much you know yeah but from also from a couple things that i read during this tour um is when gord at one point commented about even if there's differences going on behind the scenes or There were some tour manager issues, I guess, you know, that once they got on stage and started playing, that they just were a band. They were like in sync and just, just super, super in the groove. Not like in sync. Yeah. They were very much in sync. Thank you. just, Just super in the groove, which means they're like this fucking locomotive still. So it's, I think it's still super impressive, you know, even if, even. With a band that I'm not as impressed with or fond of, it's still an impressive feat to go this far with recording, producing, touring, everything. Yeah. Yes. Hands down. Absolutely. Kudos.
0: And in terms of environments for you?
3: Yeah, so it was a lot of car. I listened to it pretty quick after our last review. Um, it was a lot of car time. And uh, some home time. I don't play it much, at, play their music much at home over my home systems. Um, so it's a lot of car, a lot of headphones, you know. It's, it's a little more intimate for me to, to do it that way. And I also really enjoy when bands just geek out on recording and you can hear things with headphones on that you wouldn't normally really be in tune with if you're just walking around the house. Playing it gotcha. your, your there's a few of those on this record. Yeah, there's a few of those on this record. And I love that stuff. I mean, that's that to me shows that a band is really caring about their listeners and their fans and their art. It's just there's there's a few of that. A few of that here. So, yeah.
0: Well, let's dig in then. Heaven is a better place today.
3: So yeah, this this one, uh, you know, there's there's been a few albums where my first listen to the first song. I've I've never done a random listen first try, you know. And that's the way so many people experience music these days. I hear a song from an artist. So I might have I might have to try that as an experiment on some album. But you know, first listen to "Heaven Is a Better Place Today" in the car. It was like yes, here we go. Like Pete, you mentioned um, a great you know road trip. Um, Soundtrack or whatever. This this is totally. It. it felt like a good, fun, solid opener with a drive and the carry of the drums and the bass. Like through really throughout this album, seemed a little more. I mean, they're always solid, but th- this one just even seemed more gelled, which is kind of hard to even imagine these guys doing. Um, I loved. Gord singing he's kind of at an elevated pitch with this one and um you know from what i understand it's uh well my first take was like this feels like a memorial song like this is a tribute to somebody and um of course later learned that it's in part about dan snyder i mean i'm not a hockey guy i couldn't even i couldn't even tell you who Atlanta's team is or was. Atlanta Thrashers, that's probably my favorite hockey team name though. Um so, you know, read a little bit about Danny Heatley. Did I just say his name wrong? Uh no, not sorry, Dan. Schneider. 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 Um he was killed when his with his teammate Danny Heatley. That's they, right. They're the ones who were wrecked some sports car. Which is such a tragic story, you know, to hear about somebody famous wrecking in a sports car. It's just It's kind of an awesome way to go. But anyways, you know, I thought it was good, solid opener. Really, really easy ending. It was like, okay, let's keep going.
0: How about you,
2: Pete? Um, I I dug it. I mean, I echo a lot of what Tim said. I I mean, I feel like uh, I have a great opening track. I really got some, some Cure vibes here. I really felt like this song had, yeah. Just, I I heard a lot of the Cure in here. Um, I think Gord's vocals, um, clearly this is a record and we'll kind of get into it with more songs and stuff, not just, not just, I feel like there's so many songs that probably killed it live on this record, but that Gord's vocals really just keep evolving into something new. Like yeah. it just, you know, I mean... I feel like every member of the band grows a lot, but he's just, it's like everybody takes three steps forward and Gord takes like nine. <laughs> you know, he like, he, he skips where everybody just takes steps. It's, it's crazy, man. Completely. And I, that's not like a diss on anybody in the band. It's just, <clears throat> I think he thinks differently or he thought differently, uh, Either way, I, I I dug this song. I thought it was a great opener. The uh second track. Yeah. Second track. Um Summer's Killing Us. Yeah, this this is another one where the vocals really uh do it for me. Um there's a there's a part well during the chorus when Gord's singing um Summer is Killing Us, like his voice is cracking. You can hear it breaking on the recording. And it's just like, it doesn't crack like it's, it just fits. It's perfect. And you're like, He's well, giving her. This guy's, this guy's, he's redlining the engine and the car's still going. You know what I mean? Like, um.
3: And the car, I think, has like 300,000 kilometers on it, you know? Yeah. So it's and just, car, and it's back. just like, go, 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 who cares?
2: Yeah. Co- yeah.
0: Sing, sing, sing all day.
2: Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's out. It's oil changes and services. I'm sure. But, exactly. Um, the drums. Another thing about the drums on this. I watched some. Well, you guys know. I'll talk about it a little more later songs, but the drums on this song, a song, that just seems like it's probably so much fun to play for Johnny Faye. Just the fuck. The stops. The fills. Just it just seemed like. If anybody's having a blast it's it's him and, and Gord Downey are just fucking completely having a ball to this song.
3: Yeah. I think you've commented on that before too. And and this one this one I noticed, you know, first listen was like, "Ah. Oh, he's having fun. There's there's some fills in there." And that made me think this one live, you know, probably varied a little bit, but probably just kicked ass too yeah I think so. yeah
2: and and I gotta say this is gonna sound really bad so I want to frame it right Just, I just want to throw this in because I feel if I didn't throw it in I'd be my initial thought so this is 2004 right yeah 2003 2004 you think when they're recording writing this song um I got just Gord's vocals and his phrasing very much got some like early 2000s emo vibes to it um i actually heard and i don't mean this in a disrespectful way so no no do not give away my address jd i don't i mean canada is far away from spain but i got
0: getting hip to the hip.com (laughs) yeah for for comments
2: hey (laughs) motherfucker emo my ass (laughs) no but I, i really heard uh i heard a dashboard confessional song Mm. yes
3: that's pretty mm. mind-blowing
0: you know
2: it's I, I, yeah y- okay. you hear
3: me okay i do i do i would a uh, million times rather listen to this band Absolutely. no 100 percent. But, <laughs> but i hear you
0: but i hear you
2: and no no offense because i think that i think the guy i can't remember his his name the guy that's who, okay it was one that's guy okay. yeah no, i know i <laughs> know no just respect him as a musician i think he's a good musician i just don't fancy his music much anyway
3: you know i i uh I was shouting this chorus in the car. Like, first listen, you could sing along to this one. If you know the band, you're, like, fucking hyped. Hell yeah, it's a song about summer. Who doesn't like a song about summer? That's right. That band always sings about summer, said no one ever. You know? (laughs) So this, this one, you could just go. There's awesome stops. There's a good bridge. There's a few times on this album, I think, there's more of a focus on just... I don't know how to say it, Pete, but just a a better rhythm guitar, less riffy. Like, I feel like this album has riff sections that are a little bit more defined or declared, maybe. I hear that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one um, gourds at like the three minute mark. He's like, whoo you know oh,
0: when he left that woo, up, Dude, it is so
3: good right i love that i love that i mean I'm like exhausted
0: slash i'm awesome slash i don't even know what the other slash would be but yeah. it's like it's great
3: yeah if you're having a moment and you stop and you can actually breathe and do that whoo i mean you're having a good day like something's going on something's going on that you're enjoying or you're relieved yeah um but I also thought this song was like a, a song about being tired and touring and working, and also, you know, maybe um, some of the research I did that, that maybe there were some references again to the South or slavery or prison life. You know, this just like summer's killing us. You know, it's 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 amazing and beautiful and tough at the same time. That's kind of what I thought about this song it's um it felt a few times i've had this happen where the song feels long but it's like measured in a good way it's like it's just there's enough verses enough choruses
0: i think this is one of the longer songs on the
3: record yeah yeah this was this was fun
2: this song this song also i i just wanted to throw this in too because i kind of forgot to it. One of the cool things about it is that it just goes from this, the chorus is so fucking but then when it goes back into like the verse, it just, it brings it down again. It just, it yeah. just, it flattens it like a, like a compressor. It just flattens it really quick and just makes it even again. You're like, whew, like the, the dynamic of the band recording is
3: mm-hmm, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's
0: really
2: cool. That's a hard thing to pull off, man
0: i really regret not seeing this tour like ah. really i have so much regret not seeing this tour because huh. i had, this is the first tour that i missed uh okay since you know since the beginning this is the first one that i didn't go see a show and um listening to the record now it's like oh man it's it's again so much of it seems to be written
3: to be live you know she must have been really cute jd pardon me <laughs> your your girlfriend at the time, I guess well, You know, well, you were busy Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> Jeez Dude, the next I've... song, you know, Gus I, I faintly remember hearing about this
1: What's troubling, Gus? You sound dramatic
3: I mean, if you if we go back to 2004, you know this is like the era. Pull up politics aside because we'll probably get into that. But this is like the era when shit online starting to take off. You know, everybody's looked at YouTube. Some of your friends might be listening to Pandora. Yeah. Which at that time had the best radio feature. You could like mix stations and you know there's a lot there's a lot going on electronically the zeros and ones then i'm pretty sure i heard about the song and um i was telling amy my wife amy yesterday this story about gus this polar bear from central park and uh how they they just deduced that he was depressed and amy's like no shit polar bear in captivity i was like yeah i mean a polar bear's life is what Sleeping, drinking, coal. killing, eating, fucking. I mean, let's put a polar bear in captivity and see how hyped he is. I mean, that's just terrible. So this, this is amazing that they, I guess, scored. I don't know who exactly picked up on the story and wrote this one. And, and you know, this is also where um, there was some, maybe the beginning of this album with some political under themes, here as well, but um there's this first guitar riff at the beginning of this song. Pete, I'm yeah. sure you heard it, but there's like this there's this weird guitar kind of distortion, distortion. Don't thing. wind
2: me up, man, on this song. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: like that that attack at the beginning is like. <clears throat> I wish also. I mean, live it would probably have been so fun to hear that. because I'm sure it varied a little bit. But that's oh, like, and that,
0: that outro, that outro live must have been so yeah
3: banging yeah. yeah drums are huge in this one you know and i've just i dug this song it was it was fun there's i could go on and on about it but you know just this poor guy gus he's staring at food all day at the zoo i mean he, he would eat all these people yes gawking <laughs> at him so of course he's suffering from depression this is like during this era scientists were like he might be depressed Bears, animals can have sentiments of, of depression. It's fucking hilarious. Terrible. Hilarious.
2: Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to, where, where do I, where, where do I put down my fucking flag here with this one, dude? I mean, first of all, this, if I was going to start a bar fight, this would be the fucking song I put on the g yes. Right, right before I picked up a, a the neck of a Labat Blue. To walk over to somebody <laughs> fucking break it over somebody's head and just start a melee shit okay um watch out mm, hamilton yeah <laughs> <good shit. laughs> the, it, so tim you're telling the story of, of the polar bear from central park right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now that you're telling the story i remember it
3: yeah yeah me too But
2: during listening to this i didn't remember it because that was a long time ago yeah and I drank a lot of beer and, and done a lot of shit since then. And so it didn't, didn't register. And so I pictured, I pictured, um, like a bearded homeless man, a giant bear of a man who was depressed and an alcoholic sitting and fucking with people in central park, like that's who I heard when I I love it. That's what I pictured Uh when I heard this song. I didn't, I didn't at all have any correlation with the actual story of Gus the Polar Bear Um, but this is the now this this album and then some subsequent YouTube videos that I explored this week really got me uh, digging into the vibe that is Paul Langlois because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you could just hear this thumping it's a thumping uh, uh, vibe that he has with this Les Paul that he's playing and it just fucking rips this song is the tiger the lion of this record
3: oh i i had the same sentiment for sure it's
2: it's the fucking tiger the lion of this record what else i would say (laughs) I, i literally i literally wrote um i literally wrote that 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 uh that I would be cracking balls a little bit blue over people's heads. But no, it's it's the tiger, the lion of this record. Um, and I feel like Neil Young is a lot of guitar on this record is, is very Neil Young hmm. focused. You yeah, can hear Crazy um,
0: Horse in this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, cool.
2: There's another song that's, that's undoubtedly Crazy Horse. But um, the end, the solo, Rob Baker proceeds, and I, I'm going to read this verbatim. The solo, Rob Baker proceeds to melt your fucking face off with a complete and utter disregard for human life. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does. Yeah. I mean, he starts because talking. He, like... he just... He, well, it, it just... The solo towards the end is just... Yeah. It just fucking... <sighs> fuck me, man.
0: Yeah, very good.
2: Great fucking tune. Probably... Yeah, This yeah, this is this, this may end up on the... Oh, boy. For my pick. Who knows?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. We roll into the first single from the record. So this would be the song that introduced most people to this record. Uh, and it's, it's a song called Vaccination Scar. First of all, before we get into Vaccination Scar, do either of you guys have a vaccination scar? Nope. No. My cousin has one. And she's a year younger than me. And so I don't understand how she has one. And I don't. Like I do. Some
3: expired shit they put in her arm.
0: I guess I maybe.
3: It's on if my It's on your arm,
0: Pete? Your,
2: no, your, it's on my calf. Oh wow. Okay. It's on my calf. Well it's almost okay. gone now, but it was pretty prominent um to almost till I turned twenty or something around
3: there. I mean my my brain with this one just went to, you know, Pfizer and all the all the, bullshit. Oh no! Oh
0: no! <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where it went. Not. I read
3: the song title and uh, I. Huh. Okay, this is probably about the booster, the the, the cigar bird that's looking right. vaccination scar on my sister's left arm. She's got right here. She's like three years older than me. So she's got it, but um, you know, and that's like, why the fuck did that thing scar like that? That's just, I don't know. Could you imagine? I mean, why didn't they build that into the the Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> Johnson and Johnson could have had like they have that trippy logo. Have you ever seen their their actual brand logo? No. Oh, people say it has like Satan in it. Basically, oh, it's, of course, it's, okay. it's hilarious, Pete. Pete, you would you would like the that research.
0: This uh, it's too I'll you, bad. But uh, I'll tell you, um, this song would be a completely different song if the band still existed and they released a song called "Vaccination Scar." Now, oh, big time. Like, uh, I wonder what the fuck it would be about. Oh yeah, I do. Oh man, <laughs> they
3: they might lose listeners and gain listeners at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's true. Well, well this, this one, is
0: a, a throwback to a throwback. You know, we've got the slide guitar again yeah, that we yeah. haven't really rolled out for a couple records. I don't think um what do you guys think
3: i you know the whole when they get into the slide guitar and kind of go back to so you know the southern belt of the u.s kind of sound of rock and um, that's it's not my favorite that they do but uh, right the, yeah i was a little surprised to hear it. this is the most listened song song on spotify I, I look at that at those crazy. that i know i look at that data at the end of kind of my listening i don't look at that at the beginning does blow
0: my mind Uh, because i get it that it's a single yeah why is it because it it was it was vaccination in the name it might be because (laughs) like the fact that it's a single shouldn't factor into spotify at this point yeah yeah unless unless they do unless they sort of do no they don't they don't
2: retroactive they don't retroactive shit like that no yeah i wouldn't think so either yeah but I thought, you
3: know, this is really it's the second song with political references to George Bush, the Iraq invasion, the WMDs that didn't exist. Like this this is there's references in this song about all of that. And that in uh in and of itself is like a time capsule of sorts.
0: Yeah. And, we, we, um, we and were it's thinking an, it, the world was a pretty bad place then. Yeah,
3: it's basically an anti war song, even though like during that era I don't know there were like six or eight other countries that were on board with this whole attack you know I believe Spain was one of them um so Spain's for every war yeah the United States is for um so you know I I I hate to say it but I enjoy like hearing something political referencing the times and you know it becomes a time capsule type of song with with those themes um during let's see i guess late 80s in which these guys would have been totally in tune with you know that's when the the bushes were really rising to power and going after mega weapons developments and um, a buddy of mine grew up in the carolinas during those George Bush senior years and knew the family and they have crazy stories about shit they were doing. I don't, I don't, I don't need the FBI chasing me, but like a lot of bullshit activity that involves war and weapons in the corporate aspect of America's machine and economy running on just the war machine. So that's, that's where I feel like, Gord's really tapping into in this this album, and it keeps going like he's kind of in it in this album. So
0: it it was a tough environment to not be in it, and yeah, it rips yeah. my it rips my heart right out of my ribcage, and throws it on the ground to think that this band isn't around anymore because I would love to know what Gord's. You- thinking You're about
2: in my fucking lead jd sorry buddy dude. go ahead no no dude they, no run with it run they'd be the please. pussy ray of canada no, no, no. I'll tell you that. jd please please continue i'm sorry i just, I
0: just, I just you know i just I, I i i would just love to hear his take on what's been going on the last five or six years you know and we really missed out on that and that's uh like fuck cancer you know fuck yeah. cancer. yeah uh some of the lyrics in this I think they just roll. I think the way he sings in this song um he's he's into that lower register, you know uh like you said the with the side guitar like it's it's almost an older version of the band, and he's singing again mm-hmm. in that older version voice, but man, some of the lyrics that he strings together, like even the chorus, there's one thing I remember is the tear and the there's one thing I remember is this tear on your bare shoulder, this little silver boulder, this slowly falling star. We're rolling. So what? Never getting older. Where the moonshot curtains part to the start of enough, a teardrop, then a vaccination scar. Like, holy shit. I don't know how he gets Dude, all that out.
3: Imagine that writing moment, pen in hand. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. fucking, it's incredible.
2: Yeah. yeah I feel like, one, um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I echo everything that you guys have said. Funny point, just I don't want to leave it out because you made me think of it, Tim, when you were talking about George Bush. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is not um, unknown, but a, a great George, George H.W. Bush fact, Bush number one, mm-hmm. our first Bush president, um, doesn't remember where he was the day Kennedy was shot. What? yeah yeah. look that up that's a total fact um and he was actually in dallas because there's like evidence of it but you know how everybody's like i mean i remember where i was when the challenger blew up i remember yeah. where i was when kobe bryant died when nine eleven. Um, i remember hot. when yeah 9 11 out sorry yeah kobe bryant was you know 9 11 was a big bit bigger no offense to kobe fans but yeah and they, he was asked where were you when kennedy was shot and fucking he's like i don't remember like what? Yeah, yeah. Dude.
0: Everybody you. of that generation remembers. My mom knew where she was, and she was a Canadian in Waterford. You, know?
3: They're, you, they're so you know? they're so detached. That, that, that whole section of political history just lived on the if, island.
2: If by detached you mean culpable, Tim, then yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, um, like, just yeah. not
3: relatable. They just, it's, <laughs> honestly, like, my, my no. buddy and his family in the late 80s, early 90s. Used to meet up at one of their homes. This is the story. Used to meet up at one of their homes on the coast, Bush's homes. And, like, oh, our new whatever jet boat is going to come by. Can't wait to show you guys. We'll go for a ride. Like, just a completely alternative, horrible reality of life and what's appropriate.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the, that family's, I mean, what 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 more could you say without? There was a moment when
3: or? we'll get we'll get off of politics here. There was a yeah. moment during the the Trump administration where I was like, "Damn, I would take Mister Bush Jr. any any moment. Bring him back right now. Let's swap him out." And I never would have thought that when he was in office. You know, it's well, just,
2: it's pre- no, yeah, it's pretty sure. sad.
0: I feel the same way.
2: It's pretty sad though that that we're at that.
0: Oh, you know, big time. We're,
2: we're at that stage. I mean, um, to bring it back to the to to bring it back to the the record, and and sort of to not bring it back to the record because musically, I feel like this song. You guys summed it up, um, but in terms of what JD said about the one thing I thought about this song, I kept thinking about was Gord, and if he was alive today, and this band was alive today, and I say that because he was such a unifying icon for Canada.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and the band was, I mean, the guy could bring people together completely. And, um, I think America has been divided for a long time. Tim and I both know that pretty well. And anybody from the outside, who's, who's windows,
0: too- right? You guys yeah, really yeah. Have felt it.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but but I think that uh, I think that in terms of um, Canada and everything that went on during the whole COVID lockdown and stuff, I feel like Gord would have had a really interesting take on it because I feel like there was the you know it's it, it, there's always three sides of every story and and the way we kind of ex- most people experience COVID, most people you either were fucking hardcore on the left or you were hardcore on the right. But if there's one thing I've learned in life, there's the way you think it happened, it's the way the other person thought it was happened, and then there's the way it really happened. Look at and you dropping I,
0: extreme references, three sides well, to every story.
2: I'm just saying, I feel like Gordon would bring a fucking take and the band would bring a take to, you know, what's going on in life big at this time. time. Yeah, big that time. just would open people's eyes. And a lot of people on both the right and the left would shut the fuck up. And listen to a voice of reason, which I think you're right would have been Gord Downey had it not been for his untimely death. But I mean, we have that. We another.
3: have that in this day and age, but it's just spread out, and I don't know, less. It's smaller, smaller doses, more widely spread out through music today. Well, there's no, plenty I, of bands know, Tim, doing it, but like I don't know. I, no, here's the thing. Here.
2: I I agree, sort of, Tim, but I think musically um it's it's one thing to do it musically but gord was more than a musician yeah yeah from what i've seen he's a guy that would get up and make a fucking statement like outside of music and nowadays i feel like when people make a statement that it's against the common narrative of whatever they're tarred and feathered as either you're a racist buck or you're a liberal nancy or whatever it is and the funny thing about Gord is you couldn't do that to him because he was Canada's yeah. fucking golden boy. So yep. I would have loved to have seen anybody in Canada try to throw shade on that motherfucker when he was... It, had he been here to, to to spout the truth like he always liked to do. Anyway, I digress.
3: How I, about... Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling like only rednecks in the South were throwing shade at him, you know? I, there's, a,
0: there's a reference in, in this song... Um, about singing "Life Is Forgetting," and "Life Is Forgetting" is in quotes. I looked it up. I can't find a song called "Life Is Forgetting." Is that does that something that rings the bell for you guys, or is that just uh, you know, the the narrator basically saying that that's a song that somebody's singing that's made up? Not sure. Yeah. No,
2: I'm not sure either. But I, I have. A, but I, if I take it into context of what we're talking about. I think people forget, life is forgetting. Um, Tim made the reference earlier about wanting George Bush over, over Donald Trump at the height of whatever. And I think people forget, you know, um, I am not a Donald Trump fan, didn't vote for the guy, um, but you, keep, you you can take all the shit that's said and everything, and I'm not carrying water for anybody. Let me make this fucking clear. But it's it's mind-boggling to me how we could we could think that. And I thought it at times too, Tim. I'm you're not alone in that. I think a lot of people thought it. But how we could be like, I'd rather have a guy who started a war, an illegal war on lies that killed upwards of a million people in the White House right now, rather than a guy who's just a Total piece of shit, scumbag who shouldn't be there in the first place. Like we forget that there's a guy who is literally responsible for killing a million people and starting yeah. multiple illegal wars, and we'd rather have that person. So life is forgetting, JD? I think that line belongs in that song.
3: Yeah.
2: If we're talking about it. politics. Yeah.
0: Whew. All right. Yeah. Well yeah. Uh, he said fuck this and fuck that. And this guy, yeah. the diplomat. <laughs> it can't be Nashville every night. I
3: I, mean, I, I love the sim- simplicity of this one. It's quick. You know, what we are is what we lack. That song was just like, if anything's going to make you think about oneself and what you're portraying and working on, or I don't know, that statement just slapped me. Um, there's Gord, I think in, is faintly doing his own backup singing in this one if you really crank it in your headphones and it's fucking awesome and it was like even kind of cute like i just i just <laughs> dug it the 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 chorus and or maybe it's a verse i don't know the la la oh oh yes you know just yeah. simple good rock and roll um apparently he's poking fun at toby keith with this song <laughs> Oh, did not. He was know a that. country music singer who was like yeah. pro America, oh, yeah. pro military, pro right. Go he, he was he
2: was he was tarred and feathered the Dixie Chicks, man. Yeah, he was one right. of the guys yeah. that that, w- that went against the grain on that. Yeah, like, yeah. Threw them out to dry. Yeah.
3: I also think this is like a a song that's trying to let artists know that there's more to life than producing a single, you know, this is a time of this era, fucking Maroon 5, Nickelback, you know, this is when, this is like, this is a little bit later Lenny Kravitz, but when Lenny Kravitz is just like glossed up and just, everyone knows the chorus, you know, but nobody has bought the album. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not dissing Lenny Kravitz too much. He's, he's, just Lenny he's his own. Well, he's, a, he's an institution. I mean, I saw him play live and he's incredible. I saw I
0: too. I did too. Did that first see? record was really yeah. good.
3: With so I the saw, Cab Driver on it? Yeah. I saw um, Blind Melon open for them. Is that Me too. Oh, shit. Dude, okay, just, just to digress. Blind Melon kicked Lenny and his band's ass. Like, Blind oh Melon, they were I was such so a Blind Melon fan. good then. You, you know, they...
2: Yeah, we've had this conversation, Jake. Yeah, so like,
3: good. <laughs> so good. So anyways, you know, the song I thought was short and great and it's just uh it's got some good quick statements it was i don't know it just fit for where it was at and everything that's about it cool
2: i i, I dug this tune um real quick just to mike my, my lenny kravitz yeah. comment. not just the guy i like the music um I think his he's daughter's gorgeous. a great actress. Gorgeous. Just never trust a guy who only plays a flying V. Never <laughs> trust a guy who only plays a flying V. Never. <laughs> it's a fucking red flag, ladies. At listening. the
3: beginning of COVID, he was apparently yeah. stuck on his island in the Caribbean. Oh, or like yeah. a island with just a handful of other people living there. And he's just like, just living off coconuts and pineapples and avocados, bro. Yeah. It's like, Fuck you. That sounds perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I would have killed for that.
2: Yeah, uh, I dug the song. Um, I thought, uh, I thought this is another one that would have been awesome live. The Mm -hmm. groove was just fantastic. There's a a line that he delivers that I'm sure you guys all noticed, but I love the way it's, one is stares into the blur, stares into the glare, stares into the queer and it's just fucking like the way he delivers it i was like what is he saying there i had (laughs) to look up the lyrics because it was so cool um cool uh johnny Fay, literally i don't know what it is man but like this is when he's around early 2000 he started like getting like destroying crash symbols and (laughs) his symbols and i i know i pointed out to you guys this week as i was watching the video like there's a there's a concert they were playing maybe it was at the philmore where he just he broke a fucking symbol because the motherfucker hit it so hard and you can see a guy replacing the symbol like just Dude, coming in he, he
3: has mid-song. the drum tech you know oh yeah no. well yeah. i mean
2: he's got something to in and do it but like yeah. middle of the song guy's got to come in and replace the symbol i love so it. cool um, so cool this is this song and a number of others to point out at the end of the song if you're wearing headphones you can hear a couple drumsticks click Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh so this is this is one of the many easter eggs on this record
3: yeah i i heard that too at first i was like is he hitting the rim but it really sounded like there is one
2: that he does
0: he does he's just putting them down though right he's just putting Mm -hmm. the sticks down kind of thing i mean in general yeah
3: he's you hear you hear a little more, more drum nuggets on on this album which is but
2: i feel like these songs are like like it's just a signal to like that was johnny's song like yeah. all the ones that have those, like yeah. this is Johnny's song because like he just fucking ripped on these ones.
3: Yeah, I feel like ripped. when a drummer does that, when a drummer just slaps down the sticks, it's it's like at the end of a good meal and you just like set knife and fork down. You're like fuck, <laughs> just nailed it. And then drummers do that when bands with drummers that care when bands nail it. You know, like it's you can't. Uh, I. I wish I could produce because I would love to just yell at musicians and tell them they're awesome and tell them they're terrible. Just kidding. Just kidding. But this, you know, that's that sound. That's like that triumphant sound of like just killing it. I win.
0: Yeah. So we, move, we move next to um, back, in fact, back to New Orleans. This is the second, uh, second geographical song on the record of three. Which is interesting, but it's also a trip back to New Orleans, and I can't think of many other bands that would have a song as iconic as New Orleans is sinking, who which would still be so heavy in the tour uh, rotation, hmm. and then they release another song with the same name in it. I know that sounds like really trivial, but it's no. just it's interesting to me. It's really interesting, and um, this is a very different look at new orleans and a, a very different sound um but i i dig this song i did they really play like
3: there Shady? what did they, they play they played, they played like a small clubs there right or something
0: yeah likely yeah, yeah. down in the yeah. down in the south they weren't you know quite as uh as big as they were on the west coast and uh, across the border for sure
3: there was but some. yeah they
0: always but they always played like, I mean, they would do, like, a, a U.S. tour that would be, like, 40 dates, probably, you yeah. know? Like, they, yeah. they were very really thorough.
3: There was some reference with this one about him going back to New Orleans to with friends or something to want just for vacation. And I guess maybe, in part, this is about that visit because he found places he went, wanted to go to that were closed or...
0: Oh, okay. That, it's like, post-Katrina.
3: I mean, it's 0-4. No, it's pre-Katrina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought this, you know, it's probably the most beautiful song on the album. It's just serene. It's, I don't know, it's love. It's death. It's fading. You know, ration away the smiles. It's like, fuck. That's just like storing up in your heart for the future. You know, it's just yeah. gorgeous guitar during the chorus. It's just, this is a great one.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that, I think this probably might be one of the better, if not one of the best hip songs. And I say that, I don't say that lightly. I think it's a really good song. And yeah, JD, I mean, I wrote in the notes, like, what's the deal with New Orleans? You know, um, why? Just the song was beautiful. Uh, There's there's the lead-in to it. And then throughout the song, Rob Baker's using what, I think by that time was probably pretty dialed in. Um, he was using an EBO on his guitar, which is like one of those. You ever seen one of those before? No, I've never been able to use. It. I'm not. I'm not a good enough guitar player to be able to use it. You Just, stop. No, dude, they're fucking hard to use. I
0: Everybody try. go out and buy the record Marchica and the, yeah. the, the the. It's the first one is out. The second yeah. one is you know in production.
2: So the <laughs> the, the the EBO is like a light it's like a ultraviolet light on this thing and you hold it over the guitar string and it, it vibrates the string. So it makes it sound like a violin bow. Hence E bow, electric bow. Oh, it's okay.
0: cool. I had no it's idea. It. Me neither.
2: It's an amazing effect and it's really cool. Um, some guys can pull it off with like volume and sustain, but like he's not, he's using an E bow on this shit and it's fucking, it's just a testament to the, like how talented these guys are. How you can take what we've heard for the first five songs of this record and then bring it to this and just you're like transported to new orleans and hmm. just you just i thought I, I kept thinking i saw new orleans in this and then hearing this song i felt like god i wish i could have heard this live at like red rocks
3: hell yeah yeah just oh man
2: clear sky completely pitch black no lights just drop the lights Give me a spotlight on Gord and nothing else. Yeah, and Rob Baker during the EBO, but other than that,
3: of course. <laughs> you have to be on psychedelics to use that thing, or what? That sounds dude, it's difficult. hard. Man. That sounds yeah.
2: It's it looks easy, and everybody's like, "Yeah, it's it's not easy. Huh. It's not easy."
0: All right, let's go to uh, You're everywhere uh, and Real our Irish in.
2: Uh, I dug this song. The fucking melody in this song is just, uh, it's wild. I dug it. I dug it. It has a cool, it it, it 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 straps you in a little bit, like kind of soft and easy, but um, then it just builds. Um, I feel like the lyrics to this song are scathing. I didn't dig yeah. much into the meaning, but like reading them, just reading them, once, I think, when I had listened to it a number of times, I was like, whoa, whoever or whatever this is ref- making reference to is a tense subject, yeah, so to speak.
3: Gord, Gord's angry.
2: Yeah. Can you guys yeah. be more specific? Uh, if I brought up lyrics, I could. I mean, I,
3: on that note, I heard this song and yeah. I knew these guys were recording in Seattle and I figure that probably at this point in their career probably not everything is written before recording you know like right, ahead of time right. weeks or anything and I imagine these guys you know what are they doing staying at some hotel in Seattle near this recording studio and the fucking news during this era is non-stop all the time you know it's just like bad news all the time about the war and GWB. And, I mean, I I wrote, uh, you know, the heaviness of the song I wrote, um, we're bombarded by fear. We were then and now. Fear and despair and then driven out to be sold by hope, tarnished by soldiers dying or not having proper access to health care or being addicts or suicide rates, you know, when vets return from all of our glorious wars you know and it's just kind of like the band feeling that the only way that anyone can attack this kind of corporate war machine that's happening is um is to sing about it you know produce art art about it there's a line in there that it it keeps the economy alive it's like this song is the fuck that bullshit song you know you're everywhere
2: point of the war man smedley butler's war is a racket yep. if you haven't read it it's pretty it's pretty quick read
3: yeah
2: fuck yeah that's i i i got a lot of what was going on during this time in this record it felt very like if i closed my eyes and listened to this record and i had no idea when it was made i would have been like eh, 2003 2005 <laughs> somewhere in there yeah. like and not just because of the this this not just because the music itself, but yeah, because the content of it was right. just. But this is another one that um, has drumsticks sound putting it down the drumsticks at the end. Yeah. So this is cool. another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I the the another I, this is a second song that uses a slide too. So I really, I'm not a big fan of the slide, but yeah, it's hard to not enjoy it when it's placed properly in, in a song, if it's done well. So I think the song does a good job.
3: I mean, sometimes there's a time and a place. I don't know. It's more of a historical feature to guitar playing for me. You know? Like, uh, yeah, I can't imagine some new song that I would really enjoy that's featuring a slide. So.
0: Well, that's why I was so like strange that vaccination scar was the first single. Like, hmm. especially when heaven is a better place today is is such yeah. a banger to open the record. You know? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, heaven is a place. Better place today wasn't a single at all. The singles were vaccination scar. It can't be Nashville every night. And then Gus was the third single, which is like pretty ambitious for a band to release that as a single.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I love the song. I just thought to myself, yeah. I mean, I'd release it as a single because it's so fucking cool. But like, yeah. commercially, <laughs> most people aren't going to get that.
0: That's right. That's right. So they're they're well past like giving a fuck about like yeah, you know, uh, trying to use singles to to bring people in. Yeah, you know, it's yeah.
3: If which they're doing how their, wonderful
0: how wonderful <laughs> you know right how like wonderful they're, they're just doing it for art's sake it's, yeah um,
3: yeah yeah i mean i i have a close cousin of mine plays in a band here in portland i'll give them a quick plug 40 feet tall 40 feet and they're tall. super fun and they just hit it so hard and they have they have a few total fuck it songs and they do covers every once in a while like they they they're they're courageous in their art which i love you know I, but it's true. one of those things also that not everybody gets you know and this is, might be sometimes i think like maybe the hip missed some listeners in the usa because fucking half the countries are dipshits you
2: know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I, and tim I, I i don't disagree with you on there too but i will say one thing too um just being from America and now not living there, and I know you've lived in Russia for some time too, Tim, but um, I think the difference with Russia and the United States, and this is somebody who hasn't lived in Russia, but this is somebody who's also lived outside the United States, I think America is the most probably the most propagandized country in the world that doesn't know it's being propagandized. Like at least in Russia, you're like, yeah, this is all bullshit, but we just kind of go <laughs> along with it anyway. Yeah. The United States, like people actually believe like when they watch like Fox News or MSNBC, they actually believe the shit they're seeing on TV. And so when I think about, like both the left and the right, when I think about a band like this, I think like Americans attention span is like that of a fucking house fly. They couldn't appreciate this fucking band if they had a gun to their head. Could be. Like they most couldn't, dude. They just yeah. couldn't. Could be. It just it's just like and so I think the hip probably just got like, fuck it, why are we gonna waste our time on these fucking dickheads?
3: This was a, like I said, this was a fucking era of Maroon Five and Britney Spears. You
2: know?
0: Yeah I mean sure.
2: <laughs> JD, well, we do you don't... have to put explicit lyrics or explicit content on all of these? Because I yeah. just realized I'm dropping a few F bombs.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The song's really good. It.
2: That.
3: Okay. Yeah. It,
0: it's, it's and on funny. the old podcast, on Fully and Completely, we got a few comments that we swore too much. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Greg and cunts. I were like, well, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> it was it was Sam Elliott, and he was drinking a beer, and he was like, do you have to swear so much, dude? It's all the Toby <laughs> Keith fans
3: who were like, yeah, I still don't like the hip.
0: <laughs> well, we move next into a real banger, you know, coming out of that moody section. With uh, New Orleans is beat and you're everywhere, and we go into as makeshift as you are, or as makeshift as we are.
1: Thanks, folks. Well, you know, as uh, as makeshift as we are, we still are.
0: vibe on that one pete
2: uh i so this song comes on right when i i put the quarters into the pool table and i push the slide in and those balls drop and i'm just racking it up i'm racking up a game of pool that's what this song is that's fucking beautiful popping a cold Coors light there's some really low tone this is another song and this record really opened up my eyes. Cause I feel like I've been a bit of a, a fucking Rob Baker fanboy. I'll cop that. No. Last last couple <laughs> last couple of pods, but Paul Langlois is uh, a fucking solid guitar player, dude. I mean, he's just you don't notice it unless you look to it. As a matter of fact, exactly. one of the things um, one of the things I was thinking of uh, on this song and also this week, and I was watching some live hit videos. And I challenge anybody in the hit community to do this. Listen to a song or and or watch a live recording or live, you know, performance, watch it five times. And each time, focus on the instrument of the person you're focusing on and listen to them oh, play cool. their instrument. And it is Fucking cool, and I did that a number of times with Paul Wong. I've done it done it many times with Rob Baker more than I care to admit, but uh, are, but no. Are you having Paul, dreams oh, about him? No, 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 I'm I'm making wisecacks, but um, it's easy to it's easy to to the focus to just go right to Gord when the chorus hits, or he does some fucking amazing shit. But if you really focus on the individual instruments, you will see how fucking polished these musicians are um, yeah super pro and then one line that stuck out to me uh, I love the bridge in this song I love the harmonies when they all come in together because it, it feels like the whole band singing as um, Gord says well, let's say let's shake some snow off his shoulders and yeah. I fucking love that line um, and there's a rim shot um, drum hit at the end of the song so mm-hmm. this is Uh, the last one where you can hear the drums at the end
0: of the song.
3: Just a little. That's cool. Fucking love it. Yeah, I dug how Gord just stepped up again, his kind of octave, you know, like at the two-minute mark, he... I don't know, this this song I thought like, my wife and my kid need to leave the house so I can just completely crank it. Because this one, like, could crack the plaster in the walls of my home. You know, it's just, it's a shaker. It's I, ultimately, I thought like this was a song about how we're all different, but the same, you know, it's, it's not necessarily uh well, it's kind of a, can we all get along? But it's like, let's really look and see each other work together. It's, this is, there's themes. It's amazing in this album. There, there are themes that progress through it, which is fucking cool. Like not many. To me, not many artists actually do that, unless you know you're Morrissey and you're singing about being depressed every single goddamn song. Um, but yeah, this this uh, this song "Crack Waltz." It's it's loaded. It's awesome in the car. Total sing along. It's this this one. I don't know. It fit really well. The placement of all the tracks. It's just it works. It's good.
0: What do you guys think it means when he says lead never leaves your system, no matter who you are?
3: That we're all fucking human. That's what I think. Like, right. You know, like, and also, you know, mind your words, or mind your actions. You know, that's kind of what it means to me.
2: I, I, JD, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, too, it's 2004, so there's no references to um, Flint, Michigan, but I have a feeling... Um, yeah Gord would have had some shit to say about that had he oh
0: my Boy, god he ever. Yeah. yeah he would have been down there with michael moore for
3: sure he, he, yeah. he'd have raised a billion dollars for that system that still isn't fixed yeah Fucking well, we've dipshits. got
0: communities in northern canada that don't have water that don't have like potable water mm. like indigenous communities that don't yeah. have water like are you kidding me like oh.
2: what? did um, did did but yeah but but to not to one-up you canada but did your prime minister go to those towns and drink a glass of water and say it's delicious? No, ours did. Thanks, no, thanks, Obama. Man. It was that was that was such a shit stunt, man. They still got yeah. dirty water there, man. Poor
0: fucking bad beat. news. Hmm. All right, Mean Streak. This is one of the longer songs on the record up 4:10. Yeah,
3: yeah. I I thought this was kind of. I mean contextually it's maybe conceptually i should say it's maybe about like the old west and um you know raping and pillaging land and those kind of themes that we've come accustomed to with the hip um the let's see what was one of the lyrics the way the dust clings to the air after the stranger has been here i mean that's that's so ominous or something. That's just it's such a heavy, heavy line. Um, there's this really nice kind of lazy, lovely, lazy lead guitar happening. Um, what else did I have on this one? The drum and the bass together, which often is super. Um, this I don't know. This one made me hear, made me notice that drums and bass guitar throughout this album are just a little bit, they're like, we went from a V8 to a 12 or something. Like we just, oh, we yeah. just went, we just went bigger. Um, so love that. Um, there's, I also heard in this one, a little bit of Pearl jam. Like there's, there's, there's some kind of Pearl jam sound happening here, which doesn't, you know, by any means bother me. And this was, you know, big, beginning of big, or no, we're into the Pearl Jam era at this point. well oh, yeah. Well into it. Well it. Into it. <clears throat> um And then we get like two minutes of Gord kind of singing in the shadows, but we get like two minutes of music in the final part of the song. And I love when they do that. I love that they could throw a track in an album where their confidence level is like so easily attained that they just can play two minutes of a song without much lyrics going on and just end it. I, I, I dig that when they get to that point.
0: Yeah. It's nice that the band gets to showcase yeah. themselves as well, because this is a band that um, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think there's any instrumentals like ever on any of the records. Mm. This is a band that I would totally listen to an instrumental track, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Big time.
2: What do you think, think of me right. No, I think you're right, JD, in, in terms of instrumentals. I don't I don't think there is, and I would fucking absolutely. I, I mean I dug it. I I I didn't I kind of got a little bit of Western vibe to it. It's certainly ominous. Um The song builds musically, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um and this is another one where it's like a a testa- testament to the the quality of musicians because i think the song itself like chord structures and even like if you just listen to the words and you don't think about what they mean can be a bit monotonous but because the band is so good and they just know how to build a fucking song like a like
3: fucking architect do
2: you ever, yeah do you ever play legos when you were a kid yeah yeah had fucking legos right whatever and and you know, there were some Lego sets that were fucking easy as shit. And there were other ones like the, 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 I remember I had the monorail when I was a kid. And that shit was fucking hard to build. If you were like seven, it wasn't easy. It took some time. But these guys, I feel like whatever song they're going to build, they just take it out of the fucking box. Yep. And they put it together. They yep. got the directions. They know, they don't even need the directions. They just build it. And this is a fucking, yeah, this is a great tune. I, I, I. I don't have much more to say about this one. I, I echo I, what, what Tim said.
0: Well, let's move on to The Heart of the Melt. Strange title.
3: Yeah. I mean, love song? You know? It's
0: not that This not is artists.
2: a... No, it's, it's... a patty melt? Um, yeah. I, yeah. Tuna
0: melt? Moons Over My Hammy? I,
2: yeah. I, I feel like I this, good, this song, uh This song really the guitar the the record turns super guitar heavy once this song like hits like it just it, it just shifts the record um there's i mean a complete neil y- if you don't hear the opening of keep keep on rocking in the free world in this and mm-hmm. you're fucking high um <laughs> which could very well be i mean you guys are in canada well um, i think
3: two out of three today at least
2: yeah Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely too out of. There. Um, there's maybe,
3: th- maybe we're three for three today. I don't know. I don't want to fold this. No, song. I wish. Oh, okay.
2: I wish. Um, yeah, this song is is just turns really heavy. I fucking love it. Um, it's
0: almost punky, almost, right? Like it's almost yeah. got like a, like the vocal melody is really crunchy. Um, you're right.' It's, it's got that Neil young. Keep on rocking in the free world going. Uh yeah, it's uh and then that reference to Joni Mitchell in there. Yeah. Um I love, love that. It. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, there's some time signature changes constantly with the drums and just Johnny Faye just fucking I, I feel like there's a lot of him on this record, like more than other records, like where he just is like, Hey guys, I'm gonna do my thing. And they're like, Okay. Uh because it just he takes the reins on this song. Uh just, just in terms of the drums and like how everything changes. I think it's fucking cool. And it sounds easy, it sounds cool, it sounds fun, it sounds like but it's not fucking easy, man. Not a lot of people can pull that shit off, but he does it really fucking well. So yeah, I dug it, man. What about you,
3: Tim? I mean I I dug it too. This is like uh just sitting here talking through it and I don't know. This is a song that <clears throat> I guess maybe an album that would just be easy to hang out and listen to. I mean, I just I just want to put this album, off, album on and be in kind of that era and have people over, you know, like this. Uh, this is one of those albums that if I could have had it in this time and place, it would have been something I would have been playing start to finish as an album during these times. You know, I wish I would have had it. Um this this song though the the line the dorsal fin you cannot swim for a guy who spent a lot of time in the ocean and had some run in with not a shark but Whole other story for another podcast. A large salmon. <laughs> no, like that's, I love that line. The dorsal It's swim. a great line. Dorsal fin, you cannot swim. I mean, that's just a He's got for... a thing
0: with sharks, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. A song called Sharks. Lots there's, of animals. In the, dark Canucks, in the Dark Canucks, he talks about jaws. Mm-hmm. You know?
3: Mm hmm. There's this, this massive John's guitar. A... Like, Pete, the last 30 seconds, the guitar is just. Yeah, this,
2: this song is like, It changes the vibe of the record, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on here? But in its place, in the track order, again, you know, I kind of look at albums, like chapters of a book. It's fucking awesome. I mean, it just fits. Yeah. And, uh, And I thought, like, this one live, if that last 30 seconds of guitar could just fuzz out and go to 45 seconds or what have you, like, if that could just be drizzled a little bit longer it'd be it'd be it'd be good i mean it was that was a fun song i don't i mean thematically conceptually i don't i i don't know some joni mitchell references i guess in there from what i read but i just felt like it was some kind of love song and just left it there cool yeah one night in when copenhagen the, yeah when the drugs hit you yeah so i mean i know pete was in copenhagen the
2: past year right was that your first time there it was it was my first time there okay
3: yeah yeah so i i almost bought tickets to the same show pete went to in copenhagen i remember what month was that what month was it
2: it was right before halloween i think okay it was in october yeah right before yeah
0: yeah
3: Yeah. so
0: because it was after i saw them in uk
3: yeah i'm curious to find out more but i know copenhagen's you know pretty liberal city and fast forward thinking and Sustainability, kind of off the charts, you know, just great sounding. It's city, it's weird, man. It,
2: it's weird, like I, I, dude, living here, man. It's so funny because I feel like the more like liberal and sustainable a city is, they are, and then you like look, and then you'll see something and be like, well, what the fuck is that? That's some, like crazy fascist right wing, fucking. 1945 shit right there. Because, like, you you'll see little. Copenhagen? Oh, I did experience it in Copenhagen. I experienced it in Spain here. Yeah. It's oh, like I, yeah, for sure. Sp- Spain is super liberal in so many things, and like yeah. other things are just like, dude, I thought Franco was dead. Like, you're like, I mean, it's just weird. Like, yeah, I feel like the more a country is like balanced, you're like, yeah, it's liberal, it's conservative, then you're just like, everything's kind of the same. But when something's like one way towards the other then whatever the the outlying thing is will be equally as extreme. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense but yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that a couple okay. times in Copenhagen I was like this is this is like a liberal bastion I love it. And then I like one or two things I was like whoa. <laughs> that's
3: fucking
0: that
2: that's really out stands out like <laughs> a sore thumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> well
3: during this era specifically the I don't know if it still exists, but there apparently there's a neighborhood in Copenhagen that's Christianina. No, okay. That's we known, went there, yeah. That's known for the weed. The fucking weed. Gateway.
2: That's drugs. another that's, story oh. for another day. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, good.
2: Good. So I wonder well, if that's
0: the reference in the song, like when the drugs hit you, the tingling. Yeah, the
3: yeah. I, I hope so. That's what I imagined, you know. Um there's a reference here to Nadir's fluorescent. And I, when I heard that, I, I didn't even know what Gord had said and had to, you know, later stop and look this one up and look, up and look it up and look it up and look it up. And it was like, what the fuck? How did he pick this up or even consider it? What did you discover? Well, it's I couldn't get into it because was going to take much more time and nerd dumb. And I didn't put that in. But it's basically, from what I deduce, a wavelength measurement of fluorescence. Oh, Wow. So I think his reference in Nadir's fluorescent is the idea of being on stage, or the, you know, being under the lights. Um, ah. that, that's the only thing I could pick up there. But then there's this lyric which took me to another place, which often happens with their songs: "The shriek of a gull suspended in air, the sound of the town anywhere, anywhere." And J.D. and I were in Oporto, Portugal. Last uh let's see, twenty, what what give me the time June. frame, JD? It was June, June of there. Yeah. Yeah. June of twenty two. Yeah. Twenty one. Twenty two. Twenty two. And um one night while we were there, we were kind of in north of Porto, Portugal, and or and one night late in the night there was this fucking fireworks show out of nowhere. I think a club <laughs> lit off fireworks. That's and right. The gulls, all the seagulls. I mean, we're on the coast. How many seagulls? I don't know, six thousand, many. But the gulls f- flipped out and screamed for like twenty minutes after the fireworks ended. It was so surreal and weird. It just took me back to that night, you know, laying That's just cool going, like, on yeah, with the birds?" Yeah, that's the kind of epic gift of of the hip, is they can take you places. And this this song. Took me to Copenhagen. I have a friend living there who I worked with in Russia who I haven't really connected with. But she's like, you got to come here. And I knew Pete had gone to a show there because I looked into flights to t- fucking go more into debt to follow that damn band pavement. <laughs> but didn't pull the trigger. I was really close. Though, so I was like, ah, oh, Copenhagen, this, this, and the shriek of the goal. I mean, this, it's just a, it's just amazing too. And it just kind of took me all over. It was great.
2: Yeah, it's a fucking cool tune. Yeah, I, I'll have to tell you. I mean, I don't think we have time for it, so we'll save it for another time. But I'll tell you my uh, Christiania story, Freetown Christiania story, next episode. So stay tuned. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Copenhagen is an interesting town. I really dug it. Uh, maybe
3: but, you know, we I'll, maybe we do a. A uh, special episode, JD. will just special bonus episode. Just we'll on. We'll talk Pete about, talk about yeah. how how he got way too high one night and <laughs> freaked out. Well,
2: it's so that that whole town. I'll tell you real quick. I won't even give you. I'm not going to give you the story of what happened there, but um, I think that 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 um, the Deers uh, Fluorescent may be a, just a reference to something in Freetown there ah. because it's an art. It's an artist colony. Like there's it's picture like laguna beach which you you know tim yeah yep, yep with all every art gallery but like not fancy not ferraris and bmw's driving around just like total hippies from the 60s and 70s not safe a lot of drugs and yeah. not to diss it but it's like it's not people think of it as like this um, you know what people think of when they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to move to San Francisco, and then right, they get there, and exactly. they're just like, "Oh fuck, this is not like it was in the storybooks." Yep. Yeah, um, it's the real world. And anyway, there's a lot of like funky fluorescent art galleries there. So maybe uh, that's right. okay, cool. I digress. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you that Freetown story soon but subscribe, what, what to we we, feed, subscribe to the bonus <laughs> feed everybody bonus
3: we'll each do an episode about well said, some yeah. city we were in and something happened um are we family sit down
0: and do like a call-in
1: show have a little conversation there isn't enough of that in our shows you know we just sit down and, and talk call Ladies and gentlemen from the uh little understood in between evolution record are we family uh-huh.
3: I mean, what? come on, this ugh, this song. It's 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 a heavy one, you know. It's like after I heard it, it was it was a time and place song, and that means for me, like probably only gonna listen to it if I can sit down and have dedicated time to it, or it's just way in the background. It's just not something like if this one comes on the radio, and I'm not ready for it. I literally would go to something else, not because I don't like it. But I think it's just it's just heavy material, you know. It's family strife. It's it's uh, struggles of cohabitating, and it's also like fucking racism. There's some reference here to uh, a British Columbia teenager, Rena Verk, who was basically beaten to death by students in BC. Um, yeah, there's this this songs fucking loaded. Her her. Uh, her story to be embedded into this—it's just kind of this sad tune. It sounds a little bit hopeless. It sounds like there's good great clouds that moved in. It's doomful, you know. But then the last minute of the song, like it—it kind of comes together and it feels like love can still win or be triumphant. Like there's there's so there was a lot of feelings for me in this song. Um, yeah, it it almost felt like in that last minute also. I don't know if it's the guitars or what, but it felt like a horn section could have come in and just, like, pronounced that, you know, this song is about life and being kind to everybody no matter what. And um, I just, like, I don't know. This is like a come on, people, after watching the new song, you know. It's like, fuck. Still, Still dealing with social issues with our... Not real evolution in this life. It's kind of where I went. Wow, heavy,
2: yeah, it's a heavy tune. I mean, uh, the opening lick is fuck fucking pff, pff. I get some heavy pearl jam vibes from this tune, sure. um uh I, you know, I could say so much about the tune. it's a beautiful tune. if you haven't heard it, go fucking listen to it. I mean, I'm not gonna wax poetically, as I so often do on, on like, the musicality of it and all that shit, just what this song made me feel and think. Gord's phrasing was beautiful, It was fucking amazing. And I think he's a a genius. But then I also started to think, I was like, you know what? Everybody's a genius. Even the most horrible person in the world is a genius. Um, And... I really truly mean that like think of the person that you fucking hate the most and they're a genius. Um, uh, Einstein had a great quote that said, if you, uh, everybody's a genius, but if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it will always feel stupid. Um, And bring it back to this, this song is, uh, is thankfully I think everybody, I probably butchered that quote, by the way. It's, nah, no, it's good. I love it's it. It's not verbatim, but it's a great quote. Uh, you know, Gord. Thankfully, for everybody in Canada and everybody listening, is it we were able to like have the genius of of this band, primarily right here, Gord Downey, recorded because you can see the progression over time. Because I feel like this song is just like so fucking. How did this come to be created, this fucking song? And with the title, Are We Family? Like uh, towards the end, um, Gord Sinclair comes in with some really super sweet bass. And I feel like every member of the band gets kind of a a moment to shine in this song. They have like a little part where their their instrument or their voice or their, however their contribution is, is it's a little bit higher volume than everybody else. And it's it's fucking cool. It's a beautiful song anyway that's what i got to say about are we family
3: agreed agreed
2: all right
0: well then we wrap up the record with good night josephine
2: good night josephine um i i really like this song i thought that the na 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 na's were way out of character for <laughs> the band but it was cool and and fitting um it was sad. Um, I I I was a little uh, I was a little partial here to the guitars and kind of the way they helped build the song hmm. because I feel like and you guys know like I I I really dig the guitars mostly in this band because I like I play guitar and 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 I pay attention to those just by default sometimes more than other things. But at some point, like the song's just running along beautifully, and then like, Rob Baker comes in and just fucking like pushes everybody out of the way. Kind of steps out, on you it, fucking yeah. fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think in I don't think in a bad way, but he just comes in. He's like, "Hey, motherfuckers!" Like maybe he walks in the studio drunk. Or just well, like, I'm my little man. He just does it. I don't mean disrespect. He just does it. It's, I, true. I it does it. it's it, totally you know. true, though,
3: and I think. Maybe it it's what helped steer this song into be a fade into being a fade out song, you know. Yeah. Honestly. It's this song could have, you know, half two-thirds way through, it just could have been different. And it's a it's a fade out song. But this is like another song where I can hear horns, but they're not there. You know, I don't know. I I, I really kinda have this uh yearning to produce an album and be around and I wish I could sit in on Hip recordings like one or two times per albums, and just give a nugget. You know, it, it would be that would be like a dream job for me. Dude, oh. so come uh, to Sevilla
2: next week, man. Book your uh,
3: Well, but we need could, a producer. <laughs> we need a we need a live fundraiser happening starting yeah. now. Um, anyways, but this, you know, I thought this was a great ender. I don't know what it's about or who it's about or what it, what it might be. It just it's um some song about josephine there's so many josephines in history there's many historical josephine characters i think um i don't know hey, who knows what was going on in, in Gore? probably was good live man yeah, yeah pretty, like, he really live.
0: pushes the vocals in the song too. yeah, yeah. He hit, near the end when he's like good night good
3: night yeah
0: you know like just so great
3: it was to me it was a good conclusion to an album that i was happy to enjoy the listening process through you know the did not to to beat it up more but in violet light like i respect the the art of it and everything that it is but listening to in between evolution this is one of the hip albums for me where i was like whew good they're they're for what i seek yearn from the hip this is this is kind of that dna that makeup of of tracks to comprise an album, it was it was a good one for me. It was pretty fun, pretty fun listen. And maybe I don't know, maybe hate to say it, but because we haven't listened to them all, but maybe one of my yeah. favorites so far, album wise.
0: Oh wow! I, I, great.
3: Yeah, I dug it. I had fun with this one. I listened to it probably the most of all the ones we listened to yet. Maybe we're coming out. I mean, this is not aired during winter, but maybe it's part of coming out of winter in fucking Portland, Oregon i don't know summer a song about summer you know it's just uh lots of great themes in this album and just I, it was, it was a good i one. feel
0: like it it really with good night josephine it really leaves you on a good on good footing for the next sure. record you know sure. like it, it, it's the sequencing of this record is really good um and good night josephine is a perfect last song like to just sort of set you up and go, okay, you know, we're, we're going to be back in two more years. And I don't think they were back in two years. I think the next record came out three years later, hmm. which was their first, you know, sort of deviation from the from the two-year mark. I might be wrong, but, um,
2: yeah.
0: uh, but uh, you know, it, it just leaves you feeling great. Just great. I love it.
3: I'm bummed you well, didn't see this tour, JD. Me too. I'm, 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 I'm slapping you a little hindsight. bit for that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if there's
2: and
0: your slap is a gift, my friend. I'm curious to
3: know if there's a story there or not or what.
2: Well done, JD. Yeah. Well
3: yeah. Done. Well done. Yeah. Um, I didn't say where I was slapping you, so. <laughs> well, either way, it's a gift. <laughs> uh, now the hard part.
0: Your MVP track for your playlist, and I've decided. I've decided I'll I'll edit this part out, but I've decided that when you guys uh, have your playlists, you guys have to sequence them as well. Ooh, um, fuck! Like, because you, otherwise it's just going to be in order and it's going to go I'm from good like that. the first EP like to like it'll it'll sound so weird to start with the first EP and end with Man Machine Poem, you know? Like, I think you guys should have to yeah put a little bit of put a little bit of
3: scratch into that all right I'm good we, that. we can take yeah. a go at that That sounds yeah, fun yeah yeah
0: so your mvp track for this record mm. uh that'll go on the playlist uh timmy
3: on a limmy pete how about i guess yours and you guess mine do you want to play that game
2: yeah totally i'll play that game i think um, you're i think you're all about gus
3: <laughs> you fucker yeah <laughs> <laughs> God. And you're
2: all about Holy summer
3: God. is killing us. Yeah, bro. Of course. August <laughs> birthday, of course I'm summer's killing us.
0: Oh, that's yeah. so fantastic. That was yeah. too
3: easy. That was too easy. Too easy. I mean, there's some other good ones here, of course. Totally. Um I really liked you're everywhere. I, I mean streak, I listen to um, you know, for something that's more serene, kind of I don't know. I, I listened to that one. Two times. There's a couple songs on this one I listened to twice in a row, and I'm starting to do that with these albums where I get to a song and it finishes, and I go right back and hear it again on first listen. Wow. Yeah. Um, But then one night in Copenhagen was that too. I really dug that song. So there are some good ones here for me. I was
0: good ones for sure.
3: Yeah. I didn't even microdose that week while listening. So here we are.
0: (laughs) You (laughs) macrodosed. No. eat the whole goddamn mushroom <laughs>
3: the whole bag
0: oh man <laughs> i wish i wish, wish i was there
3: hey, uh, they're legal well, here so here we are
0: that's what we got for you this week uh hope you enjoyed yourself as always it's my pleasure to be joined by you two you guys are doing a great job with this i'm envious that you're getting to hear these songs for the first time hmm uh but through you i'm getting to hear them for the first time again and that's really rewarding for me so thanks so much guys
3: yeah i just wish we could uh play a whole album loudly somewhere and drink beers and hang out you know we're we're, we're due for that I, I have a feeling it's gonna happen let's do it i hear that
2: yeah i hear that from from timmy's mouth to god's ears <laughs> all right boys we'll talk to you next week thanks jd right, fellas thanks jd
0: Pick up your shit.
2: Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghip to the Find us on Twitter and Instagram at GettingHip Pod. And join our Facebook group at Facebook.com groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at JD at getting to the dot com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Duvra. Podcasts and such.